Hi, I'm Grace Pedota with the CSC, and we're here for another episode of Hashtag Finance. I'm here today with Ross O'Brien. Ross is the founder and CEO of Bonaventure Equity, BVE, a late-stage cannabis venture capital fund, and runs the Cannabis Dealmakers Summit, CDS. Ross, thank you so much for joining me today. And I guess um, the reason uh, or how we got connected was through Anna Saren. Uh, Anna Saren is, for our listeners that don't know, she is our direct director of listings development uh, in the Vancouver um, office in British Columbia, Canada. Um, so how did Anna kind of get involved with um, the Cannabis Dealmaker Summit? Sure. Well, Grace, thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it. Um, I also happen to be from Canada originally. So aside from that, I think you got the whole background and everything together. So delighted to speak with you today. Um, you know, we, we, we got connected with Anna and her team at one of the other industry conferences. Someone on my team uh, was at one of these finance-focused event series. Uh, um, we primarily invest in private companies or only invest in private companies, but are always trying to get a good beat on what's happening in the public markets. Obviously, the Canadian public markets is, you know, really the key uh, marketplace for cannabis businesses today. So it made sense to connect. And, and you know, we stand up those event series, as you were talking about the Cannabis Dealmakers events, uh, you know, really to give access to the best and brightest to our network of relationships that are all, you know, large family offices and private investors that are all looking to either deploy meaningful capital or already are. And so some insights on what's happening south, north of the border, rather, and, and in the capital market space was really important. That sounds exciting. Yeah, it was definitely the first time the CSE has been um, in Houston, Texas. So um, that's that was really cool for us to be at your conference. Now, a question that I have for you is what makes your, I've seen a lot of these conferences like ArcView, MJ Biz, that kind of bring family offices and other, um, you know, angel investor types to cannabis deals. What makes Cannabis Dealmaker Summit um, different than other conferences such as ArcView, MJ Biz? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and we're really close with all of them and attend their events and cross promote. Um, you know, what, what happened for us is we came from a background of working with family offices before we became cannabis centric and already had a pretty extensive network of relationships that are quite difficult to get access to and had always had a mandate that we were bringing really great information, investment themes, access to really, uh, you know, important people in respective sectors. And it just seemed a natural fit to do that in cannabis. We looked around when we launched our fund and said, you know, where are the finance centric events that we otherwise should be going to? And didn't really see a lot of them that we were used to seeing in other industries. So the way to think about it is that our investment fund is the largest sponsor of the Cannabis Dealmaker Summit. So we still write the biggest checks, you know, to host the events. And we otherwise wanted to really focus on providing content and engagement for, you know, the other investors, the investment banks, the attorneys, the policymakers leading CEOs, accountants, you know, that more transactional swim lane. You know, we, we have a mandate to create a billion dollars in value and positively impact a billion lives. And we do that through three things. We invest, we engage, and we inform. We invest through Bonaventure, our fund. We engage through the event series that we host, CDS, and we inform. And that's part of the platform is the book that I've just finished writing that you've mentioned, Cannabis Capital. Yeah, so let's talk about a little bit more about that book and, um, and kind of what it's about and um, 
and just, yeah, just kind of give us a deep dive into that book. I would love to. So it's a, it's one of these sort of passion projects, I guess. It's something I've sort of wanted to do for some time. Um, I've started as an, an entrepreneur. I helped open a restaurant when I was 19 at home in, in Calgary, Alberta. <laughs> I've always been sort of afflicted with the entrepreneurship um, condition, if you will. It's uh, certainly not as romantic as most people like to talk about it in the media things. But over my career, I've always been very entrepreneurial. And when we started investing in Canvas business and looking at the entrepreneurs, I started looking at the space years ago. Something that's been very interesting to us. We just, you know, we, we didn't quite see the maturation in in the management teams yet that we had used were used to seeing at earlier stages in other sectors. And as we why, started to why talk, do you think that is that the maturation? Well, I think it was. I think it was. There's a lot of um, I think incorrect stigmatisms around what it means to be involved in cannabis. Um, a lot of the capital providers and a lot of the more you know, experienced entrepreneurs, I think we're sitting on the sidelines because for some time it still felt a little, you know, like the wild west, but, you know, we've clearly proven and shown that there's a lot of sophistication and a lot of talent uh, in, you know, cannabis today. And, and that's why we, you know, stood up our fund, but also as we were vetting companies and maybe the management teams, we really felt that there was some fidelity in the conversation between the investors and the entrepreneurs and just wanted to put out a resource out there that's really for the entrepreneurs to help them understand, you know, how to, you know, what, what entrepreneurship means in the context of cannabis, how, you know, to go about raising capital, how investors operate, why they look for the certain types of things they look for, how to understand more technical aspects like valuation and financial modeling. But really stood back and said, you know, if we want to help bridge this communication, this conversation that needs to happen between entrepreneurs and investors, we sat back and said, look, cannabis actually isn't an industry. We call it the cannabis economy, and that's the, the first part of the book is really defining that there is just a global wave of access to cannabis that is defining sectors and industries within it. But I would challenge anyone to identify an existing industry that otherwise isn't already going to be impacted by cannabis. We believe that there will be cannabis-based products in every home, in every home period. Interesting. And so what, um, what sector do you think will be the most impacted by cannabis? Well, our, our sector, venture capital, has been impacted materially. Um, we've, you know, cannabis venture capital is being defined as its own vertical. A lot of the you know existing venture capital firms that are traditionally kind of finance disruption in mature markets mm-hmm. are otherwise not coming into these earlier stage cannabis companies, and a lot of them are are just not prepared to to you know are not able to even from a governance standpoint. So there's a, there's a small group of funds like ourselves that are now establishing cannabis venture capital. And we actually look at it a little bit differently that we're in a phase where we're still just putting all the infrastructure in place and the great entrepreneurs and the great businesses that we can get comfortable with don't necessarily have to be going out and creating some new disruptive, you know, wild idea that you see in more traditional ventures. So that's definitely one area, but everything's getting impacted from, you know, consumer products to certainly banking. And we spent a lot of time in the healthcare region, everything from nutraceuticals and over-the-counter all the way to some really big scientific developments, uh, uh, you know, facility bricks and mortar. Um, uh, there's a lot of healthcare bricks and mortar from testing labs to scientific labs to, you know, distribution models. And uh, we're really, really compelled uh, to look very closely at a lot of the, you know, the, the, the health benefits and the, or the underlying symptoms that can be addressed through, through cannabis. And that's very broad. 
Um, so that's that's really great. Um, I mean, I, I used to work in venture capital, and it was a fund that uh, invested in early stage um, healthcare technology companies. So it, yeah, they weren't really looking into the cannabis space, but that's a really interesting sector, and yeah, it has been proven to ha have a lot of health benefits. So, um, I, what's the coolest um, kind of technology that you've seen or the or cannabis company that is dealing to kind of combat health concerns right now that that's a cannabis based company that you've seen so far well there's there's too many to name i mean there's a lot of great you know innovations that are out there but we like um, I don't think anybody in the scientific community is debating anymore whether cannabis can be a miracle, you know, lifestyle treatment for Parkinson's, whether there's real applications for an alternative to opioids, PTSD, depression, uh, cancer and oncology treatments and just general, you know, welfare and, and being, I mean, it's, it, it's broad, it's exciting, um, you know, and, and as I'm sure that you saw as an investor in your venture fund in healthcare, the thing that we find really a little bit different about it that that was compelling is that a lot of the early stage companies that would be, you know, a new device or something or some new technology that's being developed in more traditional healthcare, you know, it's years before you can get to profitability. Yeah. And a lot of these companies are actually at a very early stage hitting some interesting milestones that changes the sort of risk profile that we get comfortable with. So it just was a no brainer for us to really focus on that. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, no, I, I actually saw on Leafly the other day like a whole wheel of um, all of the can cannabinoids that help different um, disorders um, and it's really interesting. I did not know that cannabis or certain ca cannabinoids in cannabis can help uh, treat Parkinson's. So, But what I find really interesting is um, although there are studies, I still feel that there are people that don't believe yet the, the consumers um, and I'm just wondering if you're seeing that too or some sort of hesitation on consumers as to um, if it actually does work to cure well sure and, and so this is a more systemic issue is there's just a lot of misinformation or lack of education just a lack of understanding we're also seeing just more broadly there's very little um, customer affinity to specific brands yet or specific types of, of, of you know, consumption methodologies. Um, you know, the flower is the flower is the flower. There's different, you know, strengths and delivery mechanisms, but it's not as differentiated as you would get in other sort of, you know, like intoxication products like alcohol, et cetera. Um, but we're getting there. So, so the consumer um, affinity uh, or, uh, you know, to certain brands is not is not there. In terms of the healthcare benefits, to get back to your question, um, you know, I, I think that we're finally at a point where the we're just at, we're just at the tip of what's happening in terms of the research and the studies. And I don't think anybody is even debating whether or not something that just grows naturally, you know, that could potentially have applications isn't worth otherwise, you know, investing in investing in whether it's research or time or effort. But I think a lot of it is still just, you know, generational gaps or, uh, you know, I took my 74 year old mother to her first dispensary in British Columbia this summer when I was <laughs> home visiting them. And, you know, she wouldn't go without me, but her trainer at her gym was saying, look, her, they're, they're a whole group of people that use it for, you know, joint relief and things like this. And she really wanted to try it. But was still just a little bit nervous, and it took me going with her to go in and you know find some find some products that she was comfortable with. So 
it's just, I think, going to take time to be a little more mainstream. But look, here in the States, you know, we know Walgreens and CVS, Kroger's, you know, these are big, big brands that are otherwise endorsing or sell, you know, over-the-counter pharmaceuticals and prescription. And, and they're all, you know, they're all looking at what they should be putting that's, that's starting with CBD on their shelves. So it's coming. Right. Yeah. So I guess the trust will lie more on the bigger brands than adopting cannabis mm-hmm. and then people have more trust in it with that. It's some of these communities. So I know someone who, who's um, really involved with uh, autism. And when you get into these specific communities, I mean, they're talking about it as as patients, users, parents all the time. Right. So she probably has more knowledge about what's available and how and why and, and, and how it should be used and dosages and things. But it takes that, you know, focus to go explore because really this, and I think this is a systemic issue with, with pharmacology, right? Is that a lot of these treatments that we use are not as beneficial as we think. And when they become standard protocols, it's difficult to unseat them, even though I think we all intrinsically know that it's probably better to be, you know, using something that's natural, less, less harmful to your physiology than some of the, you know, concocted medicines that are approved, you know, uh, uh, treatments. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a really big uh, topic of conversation. I mean, I was in the part t- for pet health, like I'm, I'm seeing a lot of things with CBD and pet health. And sure. I was at a dog park uh, over the weekend and I kind of, I bumped into this guy who had this really, really nice dog and, but it was really nervous. It had been, it had come from an abused family and he, he adopted it. And um, so I just turned to him and said, you know, you can use CBD to help calm your dog down. Um, like a lot of people, there's a lot of research and studies on it to show that it's, it's beneficial. And he just looked at me like, what are you nuts? <laughs> like, I don't want to use that on my dog. No, my, my precious dog. Like it, and it was just kind of, it, it's just gonna, it's gonna need more information, a little bit more awareness to get out there. But I really do see the benefits just such as yourself, um, you know, in getting, like it's gonna take pet smart to, you know, make dog oh, food. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm looking at it for my pet as well, my dog as well. It's 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 what I think happens is, and this is essentially how cannabis started to be, you know, decriminalized or going past prohibition is that it was grassroots, mm-hmm. no pun intended, right? Yeah. People were literally going up in their local community and having conversations and getting active and saying we want these types of measures to be put forward as law, and the regulations gain momentum, and so. Now everybody's saying, okay, we're there and covering it. And so it's your dog park community that's having conversations about something that really works. And when you hear anecdotally from someone else that it works, you're more inclined to go try it, right? Exactly. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. <laughs> so the momentum's there and the wave is there for sure. Yeah. Every every uh, person at a dog park at a time. <laughs> um, I, so I just kind of want, before we kind of... Um, and uh, the conversation here. I just I I took a look at the Entrepreneur Press, which is a media outlet that you created. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Uh, do you want to just talk a little bit more about uh, the Entrepreneur Press and how you made it, and what kinds of uh, media that we can see on or content on that uh, on that website? So Entrepreneur Press is actually owned by Entrepreneur Magazine. Okay. So media, they have the magazine, they have Green Entrepreneur, which is their second you know, magazine that's entirely focused on cannabis. Um, 
or my publisher, the right platform for this book, right? Because it's all about entrepreneurship and raising capital. And so for them and us, it's been a great fit because as, as my publisher, uh, they've just been amazing to work with. I'm actually, actually as a, as a result of that and their focus on cannabis, I'm actually, uh, uh, going to uh, LA next week and, and I'm going to be a judge on the next season of their show called Elevator Pitch, which is their version of Shark Tank or Dragon's Den. And uh, so they've, they've really got a, a key focus. So there's going to be a lot of sort of media and promotion around it. These are all fun things to do. I love trying to you know get the message out to entrepreneurs and um, for, for us and, and for this project, it seemed like the perfect channel segments and they've just been great to work with. And I would encourage everyone to check out Green Entrepreneur, uh, their podcast as well. The magazine's fabulous. Our fund was recognized as one of the top 20 companies to watch out of their top 100 list this year. So they're really embracing entrepreneurship again because it's really just, it's everywhere. You know, there are more companies and entrepreneurs focusing on this than anything else, I think, market-wise. And there's just a, a, you know, a tidal wave of, of entrepreneurship that's related to, to, to cannabis now that it's so much more accessible. Amazing. Well, um, thank you so much for speaking with me today. It was actually really Thanks. lovely to chat with you. <laughs> I'm happy that Anna could connect us. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to our, our future participation in your um, at Cannabis uh, Dealmaker Summit. And um, before I go, I just want to ask, how can we get, how can our viewers get a copy of your book and where can we find you on the web? Well, thank you very much. Um, BV Equity, B as in boy, B as in Victor, equity.com is in Bonaventure Equity is our fund website. Cannabisdealmakers.com is where all the event series and additional content will be made available. And the book is already up for pre-sale on uh, and Barnes and Nobles and I would imagine chapters maybe at this point as well uh, so just search Cannabis Capital um, on Amazon and it's there Awesome, well thank you so much for joining me today It was a pleasure, thanks Hi, it's Grace from the CSC reminding you to make sure to follow us on social media for the latest updates on our listed companies as well as new listing alerts For more in-depth content be sure to pick up our free quarterly magazine, Public Entrepreneur, available online at thecsc.com.